Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Good morning, folks. This is Dave Thompson. As you heard in the intro, I am the Director of Education for the Academy of Cleaning Excellence and also your host here. It is a Friday morning. Yes, half of the year is gone. I mean, it is past us. It's July. We're almost to the end of July again. Um, I have to tell you, folks, if you're listening right now, this uh, this month has a kind of a different meaning for me nowadays. Uh, it will be uh, in about uh, 10 days, uh, my one-year anniversary from uh, my quadruple bypass. And I have to say, before we get started today, I am so very glad to be with you and to be, well, actually better than I was, of course, a year ago and even before that. So just uh, wanted to say, hey, I am so glad to be here this morning. Um, this morning, we have uh, one of our regular uh, co-speakers or guest speakers. I don't I don't want to, Bill, I don't even want to call you a guest speaker anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's getting to be a habit, and I kind of enjoy it. I like uh, I like sharing things with people and trying to improve our industry. It's a big thing for me. Now, you know what that what's interesting in that comment, Bill, is you, you're 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 kind of enjoying it. Uh, when we started to do this, I don't think that was quite your sentiment. Well, like a lot of old people like me, we have trouble with new technology sometimes, and they can be. It can be a little bit intimidating, but once you get into it and start it, it's not so difficult, and I've become a little more accustomed to it. So what you're saying is old dogs can be taught new tricks. This one can, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know what? I may may not write with you there, but I, I totally understand that. You know, we're in our fifth season of doing this, folks, and I got to tell you, whenever... Uh, uh, whenever Bobby here came up and said, uh, you know, you, you need to not do the recording thing. Uh, you need to uh, do a podcast. I'm like, golly, gee, Willers, what are you talking about a podcast? Uh, you know, but it has. And I agree with you, Bill. Uh, you know, once I got into it and doing it, you know, uh, we do these lives. So, folks, we are on Podbean Live. We don't really have a regular schedule, although a couple of uh, my speakers, uh, we have regular schedule times. But, you know, it's kind of like whatever somebody wants to talk about something that's uh, healthy, positive, and proactive in the cleaning industry, we just get on the air and talk about it. So what are we going to talk about today, Bill? Well, a few things. Uh, one, of course, is the uh, talking about the, the program that you and I put together uh, to educate people about uh, terms on an SDS sheet, how to better use one, and the advantages of using one properly. So that's a, always been an important topic for us. But now I also want to talk a little bit about uh, 
where our industry is going to go from here. Um, <laughs> we had such a time, you know, it's been a strain on the cleaning industry forever to be able to, to show good profits uh, when they work because uh, it's not considered a high priority or has not been considered a high priority. But with the pandemic, all of that changed. And they were willing to pay extra to have people around on a daily basis to to wipe down th- touch points and those types of things. So uh, the question for me is going to be now that this is uh, is over or coming to, it's not really over yet, but coming to a close, when they get back to using these buildings on a full-time basis, will they continue to do that work of keeping the buildings clean and sanitized and be willing to pay for that extra person or two to deal with that. And uh, I'm kind of anxious to see how that's going to play out. Well, you know, what's kind of interesting, as you say that, Bill, is that, um, you know, if you watch some of the different, uh, I, 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 I say news channels because it's what we call them. Uh, there's some people that have different words for that. But anyway, the uh, – the talking heads, if you will, and I guess I have to conclude us in here. I guess we're talking heads too, huh? Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you said, is the pandemic over? Well, you know, the new Delta variant is uh, now ramping up. It's more virile and it's more transmissible. And death tolls are rising again. And now we're having people calling for the mask mandates to come back. Are we, are we going to open up again? Uh, we, were, we were getting there close, but are we getting ready to close up shop again? Yeah, that's in, in the fact that it's not, uh, it's not being made a universal decision. It's, it's a, uh, kind of a community-by-community decision uh, doesn't help any. There's nothing consistent about it. And uh, while the science says one thing, uh, the the passion of people sometimes says other things. And the belief in in rights and infringement on rights is running rampant so people aren't uh, going necessarily by the facts, but more about their, how they feel. Well, and you're, you're right. And one of the things that I saw this week was the thousands of issues that airlines are having because still there is a federal law mandate, if you will, um, saying that masks must be worn on an airplane as you said, people in their passion is saying, well, I don't have to, you're infringing on my rights. Well, the thing about it is it's a federal mandate. You, you know, that's where the, those issues come in. But you know, the other side of this too is if you talk about the cleaning industry, Bill, we, we learned a lot over the last year and there was a lot of misinformation and people have sorted through that. Do you think that as we go through this new uh, 
part of the pandemic. I, I don't think the pandemic has ever been over. Nobody declared it that I know of. Are, are, are we going to have people that are just going to be more informed? And so we in the cleaning industry have to be better informed than we were last year? Well, I think uh, the term more informed is also a little bit uh, uh, relative. We have people who are informing us that uh, the science is wrong. So it's a case of weeding our way through all of the information we get. And then we have to make personal decisions about who we believe and don't believe and all of that because there are definitely some strong feelings on both sides. And, uh, you know, personally, my wife and I were, were vaccinated and we feel much better now and when we go out, but we still wear masks in some situations and not in others. Um, I have family members who are just as adamant that uh, we shouldn't be getting a vaccination and they won't and uh, makes it difficult then to have uh, any kind of a relationship because of the fear of, of catching COVID because just on the news today, they had a discussion, some, I don't remember who it was, but a prominent person caught the COVID virus, even though they had been vaccinated and they were sick, not hospitalized. They said, if it had happened without the vaccination, it could have been uh, intensive care, maybe even died over it. So, um, we have a lot of stories like that. And the fact that the vast majority of the people in hospitals today are not vaccinated people. So there's, but the debate continues to rage. So when you're talking about the facts in the case, uh, they're going to be still filtered through people's personal feelings. Uh, so it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be truly educated to the to the to total facts of a case. So when it comes to the cleaning industry, and as you said, the desire and the willingness to uh, ramp up or do more than what we were doing pre-COVID, I think the one thing that I see is everybody's viewpoint of cleaning has changed forever. Pre-COVID ways will never exist again. Uh, would you agree or disagree? I feel that's the way it should be, but uh, it's just hard to say. You know, the world is driven by greed and money becomes more important to people than anything else. Now, the, the COVID uh, pandemic worldwide changed some of that to a point where they said, you know, we're, we can't do this anymore. We've got to hunker down and and get ourselves well and figure out how to do it. <clears throat> but now that there's been a, a measure of success in, in the treatment, the, uh, the feelings are switching and getting back into business is becoming more important than uh, the fear of what can happen by being back in business. It's, it's funny, they, when they said they could eat outside, and when it got cold, they built structures that were outside their building and said, okay, now they're eating outside. Well, they weren't. They were <laughs> just, it was like a tent outside, so you weren't accomplishing what the intent was. <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's, 
I think it should be, it ought to be, but whether or not it will be, I think the bean counters are going to have a lot to say about that. Well, I know one of the things from the classes that we have been doing, whether we've been doing them through remote or, you know, live in the classroom, there has been more discussion about increased service times, uh, frequencies, if you will, and the use of day porters. What have you heard, experienced, seen? Yeah, the same, that they People are saying that's going to be an increase and they're going to be willing to pay for that uh, to a certain extent. But again, I'm, I want to see it happen. Um, and I don't want to just uh, say it will happen because it, at some point, money's going to talk louder than anything else. Well, I think this is the other side of that coin, Bill, is, is the facilities that will continue to stay open as we go through the second half of this year. Do you feel the public is going to require them to do more and stay at that level if they're going to use those facilities? I think it's the same thing that happened when, uh, when buildings started going with lead certifications to show that they were green buildings. Uh, so there were tenants who chose to go only to buildings that could prove that they were keeping the building healthy through processes that are recommended by the U.S. Green Building Council and their lead program. Uh, but there's always a, a group that's going to say, uh, you know, again, uh, that's that raises my rates and I don't particularly want that. So. Uh, but we're, it was a really super strong trend in the east and now on the west coast. It was moving into the center of the country before COVID hit. So I'd like to see that continue. I'm hoping that it does, but it's hard to say. Well, doesn't this go to the same thing as, you know, as general public, we have the ability to choose where we're going to go. And so if you have, as you said, done all that you can to keep yourself safe, then you're going to frequent those places that are going to treat you in kind. And you're probably willing to suffer whatever cost it takes because you want to stay healthy. Would that be a general, would that be a good assumption? There are many people who feel exactly that way. Yes, there's no doubt about it. And there are going to be companies who uh, want to get those people into their buildings. And so they're going to do whatever they can to make that happen. At the same time, there are those people who aren't going to take those steps and uh, be not to go to that expense. So it's, I agree that it should be. And I think in most part it is. Uh, or was trending that way before the pandemic hit. Uh, we just have to see if it'll continue now. You know, I think this is the, the thing is, is if you're a, a building service contractor, and for those who don't understand that, if you're listening to the podcast, that means that you're in the business of providing the services uh, for contracted price. Then I, I would say that those f folks are probably going to narrow their 
their customer base, but improve their profitability to those particular customers? Um, that could well be. That sounds like a, a logical progression of things. So if, uh, you know, if, if I were in the contracting business today, which, folks, I'm not. I've got out of that and I'm well past that now. You know, I would be more choosy about the clientele because the type of services I'm going to provide. And I think this is kind of where, you know, as a contractor and an instructor now, I always tell clients, not every person that has a building is going to be your customer. And I think that might be what we're talking about here. Not only, not only are they, they shouldn't be. There's, you have to, uh, the people who try to, to do cleaning from the standpoint of being all things to all people are doomed to fail because they can't do that. You have to kind of specialize, get your niche and find those people uh, and customers that fit into your niche. Uh, by doing that type of uh, specialized cleaning, if you will, you're going to end up being better at being standardized in what you the work you perform, and your people more narrowly focused. So uh, it's it's always a good idea to, when you're putting together your business plan or you're thinking of revamping the plan. Take a hard look at who your customer base that's the most profitable is, and stick with that and grow with that. So you mentioned lead certification, and I'm going to kind of bring this back to, you know, our class that you and I develop. Um, certifications and proof of your specialty would have more value if I'm looking at this correctly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be some form of, of, a, of proof that's beyond, um, I sent in my money and they sent me the certificate. <laughs> well, I, it's funny you say that. You know, I had a, a gentleman call me this week and the only thing that seemed to be on his mind was, when's the class? What do I have to do to get a certificate? Do I have to take a test and how long is it? Hmm. And I, I mean, no, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to make a general assumption, but from the 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 questions that were asked, I was kind of concerned as to is this one of those people that's just looking for a certificate to say he has one? While I'm going to say having the certificate is good, as you said, proof of of value. Um, you and I have put together this course more for content, with that being secondary. Yes, and the. Um, what we're talking about here is people that uh, when, when Green Seal and ISSA came around, uh, they were very cognizant of, of what they wanted to accomplish. Uh, there were specifics that had to be met in order to get their certification. And a third party came in to verify. You didn't send in your money and your paperwork. They actually had to come and see what was going on to make sure that what you put in writing was happening out on the floor. And since that time, there are many organizations that have gotten together and created a club, if you will. So uh, I'll join this particular club. And because I'm part of that club, I get a certificate that says I, I do things in a way that's green. And 
they they were trying to to get the benefits of a certificate without the work. So right. you're you're right. People want to do it that way. Well, and this is what you and I have to watch out for. And folks, as we're talking about this, the course that we're talking about is the accredited hazard communications technician. Um, Bill and I worked for several months putting this together, and we've been able to do uh, uh, some live instruction. And what we now have is a recorded version of that. So if you're not able to join us in a live session, then you can go online and take the course. Now, what's the explain to the audience uh, this morning, Bill, what would be the difference between taking the online recorded and a live session? Well, taking the online recorded, you get some basic information. Uh, but if anything along the way is you had a question or wanted to delve into a subject deeper, you're only going to get what was recorded. When we do the live sessions, people can actually talk to us. They can ask questions and we can clear up a lot of things. And it helps us too to improve the course uh, because we're saying what we think should be in it. Uh, but as you go along, when people ask questions and want more clarity, you begin to realize that maybe we should add this or take away that. So the live course helps us as much, as much as it does the people taking it. And I think that goes back to what we said a little bit ago is what our intent and purpose of the certification course is, is primarily to make sure that they get the professional knowledge to handle and use chemistry safely. Yeah, it's a huge thing for me uh, and for you as well. We both have experiences with chronic reaction to chemicals, uh, and that's it's sad to see that happen. And it's, it's devastating sometimes to see it happen because you um, you think that you're being safe, but and it turned out if if I had just understood the MSDS at the time or SDS now, if you just understand it, it doesn't take that long to glance through it and figure out what you're dealing with and how to protect yourself. It, it's all right there. It just, I, I didn't understand it at the time. So for our listeners that are listening this morning or listening to the recorded version later, why is this course different than other SDS courses out there that are almost a dime a dozen? Well, first of all, it's not boring. <laughs> uh, most, okay. Most people that have been through an MSDS or an SDS course uh, fought to stay awake, and they didn't really learn much out of it because the courses are typically set up to say Section 1 covers this and Section 2 covers that, Section 3 covers this, and that. And it's just how it goes. Now, under the old MSDS, that was a problem because not every manufacturer had the same number of sections and the information wasn't always in the same place. Now, under the uh, globally harmonized system, they're required to have everything in the same spot. So it does help in the training uh, for the 16 sections. But it doesn't help you understand what's in there that matters to you. 
So we selected certain terms, uh, certainly not everything that's on there, but certain terms that are critical to a cleaning person, help them to appreciate what they're looking at and how it affects their job and what they can do to protect themselves. Um, it goes, it's just a whole lot different approach to the whole thing. And we find that people understand it better. I, I trained this course before we got together in, uh, in my uh, Sims classes. I would go uh, sometimes to the uh, trade shows and do, do a course on that. Got a lot of positive reaction from it. And people just are amazed what they don't know. And mm -hmm. even ones that have been in the business for decades are telling me I never knew that. Yeah. Well, and I think this is what happens to all of us when it comes to chemistry. You know, I, I think as we've went through this and we go through other courses, both you and I do, we find that most people, unless they've been through a professional development course like what we're talking about, simply are assuming that it's no different than what they've always been doing with household chemicals, which is nothing as far as understanding what they're doing. They, their, their understanding is what the advertisement told them because they never read the label for one. And of course, that's the first mistake as we explained to them. And an SDS sheet, you never look at an SDS sheet for what chemicals you use at home. There's no need to. It's all safe. It's on the store shelf. That's the mentality. Yeah. And I found uh, when I do these SIMS assessments and people are using a disinfectant, uh, they'll spray it and wipe it down. And I, I ask them, what's the dwell time? And I get answers like 30 seconds, three minutes, 10 minutes. And nobody ever read the bottle to find out what it had to say about it. It's right on the label. And then the, the question comes up, what is was actually dwell time? Uh, they take a tr trigger sprayer and walk around and spray some surfaces. And even if they let it set whatever length of time it is, it's anywhere from 40 to 60% of that surface never got liquid on it. It's just dry. So there's no, no aid in, in disinfection at all for the majority of the surface. So it just, it's almost uh, sad to see what we don't know out in our field. So one of the things that we did here, folks, is with the recorded version, uh, and the reason we say it this way is what we did is we recorded a live session so you get some of the exchange of information that we had with the students at that time, and you get our version of the printed material. So the course comes with a handbook which is what Bill and I have put together as far as your understanding. But the problem with a handbook is that people have a tendency to skim read and the skim reading when it comes to safety is not going to give you the information you need. And so that's one reason why we did this. And the other is, is a lot of people read something and they're assimilating that information based on what they know and not really opening up their mind to what is, is there. So, uh, folks, you, there, there's no, th this class, there's really no hands-on work, right, Bill? 
That's true. Um, that's having that opportunity to be able to see and interact helps a lot. I mean, we're, you're not going to lose what uh, the information, but it's difficult to assimilate. As you said, you're not, you do, it's not the same as being on it live. So when you do come on live, you know, you've got Bill and I, and you can ask questions because invariably, as you said, when people find out what they don't know, then that brings along a plethora of questions that need answer. And that's why the live sessions usually produce a better understanding. Yeah. Okay. So our next class um, is going to be August the 24th. So, folks, this is July the 15th. You've got a little bit of time to sign up. If you go to www.academyofcleaning.com, at the top of the page, it says find your live class. You can look for the live class. If, in fact, you are on a time frame or you want to get this information at 2 o'clock in the morning when Bill and I are not going to be live, at least I'm not going to be. I don't know about Bill, but I'm not going to be live at 2 o'clock in the morning with you. You can go on to the Academy uh, online campus and and sign up and take the recorded version. And by the way, we've priced this so that if you're a building service owner or you're a department leader, that we would suggest that all of your frontline technicians take this because they're the ones using the chemistry being exposed on a daily basis to the chemistry. So as we say this, Bill, what what have you seen has been some of the most um, hazardous questions as a result to all of this? Um, one, they don't, they're surprised at what some of the terms mean and how they need to be applied. Uh, we want to make sure they understand the uh, such such terms as vapor density because it has to do with where the vapors are going to be when you're working. Uh, we talk about uh, the uh, difference between flammable and combustible with hardly anybody ever gets right. Uh, <laughs> just, just don't don't understand that at all. And they're all things that are important for a custodian to understand when they're working with their, their chemicals. Uh, we also try to talk about uh, applications. Uh, we don't recommend products. That's not what this is about. We're not a sales force. and We, we get no commissions or kickbacks from anybody about anything. So it's what we're just providing you with is honest information about uh, SDS and about also your your application of what you learn from the SDS. And I think that what we saw last year was the the complete overuse of disinfectants and sanitizers last year. No doubt. No and doubt that and right along with that, the misuse because the one thing you mentioned is vapor density that it makes a tremendous difference whenever you've got these machines or processes that simply spray chemistry in the air. Yeah. 
you know, just because that you've seen somebody do this in a video doesn't mean it's right. And it's uh, even when they're doing it in the video, a lot of times they're trying to move through an area to show you how quickly this works. And the reality is that those, those machines have to be placed properly and given enough time to reach the areas where they're trying to work. And those things aren't really explained to you. It's, they're just trying to sell the machine. Right. And, and folks, this is what we're trying to st- tell you. And, and I think this goes back to what you had said earlier. When you get a, a certification from a reputable organization, it isn't about being a part of the club and paying your yearly dues to get a certificate. It's about getting the knowledge. And with everything we do here at the Academy, there is a written test that you have to pass with an 80% in order to earn the certificate. Now, unlike some of what you talked about, Bill, we here at the Academy don't come out to your place, knock on your door and go, okay, so now how are you using it? Yeah. Unless you happen to be on the list for an assessment, you know, it just is a secondary thing, but, uh, Correct. so we, we explain it and we try to help you understand it, but the implementation, uh, the training implementation and enforcement, still remains a responsibility of company management. You know, I, do you ever, and, and I know I do here, and I'm asking you, Bill, uh, this morning here in July, how much of the time do you feel that whenever people earn their certificate, do they really make use of it all? Um, I rarely see it. Um, they get excited about it at the time, uh, then in some cases, it's, uh, I don't have time to do it that way, so I'm going to do it this way. There's a lot of variances that come on to that. So it's, it's rarely done completely. <clears throat> and we, the sec- part of the reason for that is you train it and you let the people start doing it. But if they don't have the follow-up, there's not going to be an enforcement of it. And what I mean by enforcement is that most supervisors tend to go around after the job is completed and they look to see if everything looks okay. Uh, but I have yet to meet a supervisor who has the ability to see biologics on any surface. <laughs> they can't, can't do it. So all they look at is, well, it looks clean. Well, if they had taken the time to instead watch the person do the job, they could see very quickly whether or not a process was being followed, dwell time was met, that kind of thing. And if they focused on the process and continued to enforce the process, the result comes later. So when they manage the result, they're not getting it uh, completely, especially when it comes to disinfection. But if they manage the process, the result comes every time. Uh, Some supervisors go, I don't have time. Well, when I do an assessment, we spend probably five to 10 minutes in observation. And in that period of time, nearly all of the supervisors can come back and tell you everything that person either did or said that was wrong. So it means they know 
as supervision and the people that are doing the job aren't trying to make the supervisor look bad. They think they're doing the right thing. It's the supervisor's job to help them appreciate what the right thing is by being there and helping and teaching and enforcing. Um, so I, when I get into one where the supervisor didn't understand it, he didn't see what was wrong. He didn't hear what was wrong. Now we've got a problem with the supervisor. Uh, but majority of the time, the supervisors see the things people are doing wrong, recognize it, but they just never followed them around to see that's how they do the job. You know, inherently, frontline technicians are not trying to do it wrong. Right. And, and so when they go through the certification course, they do get the aha moment, but they need the support to follow through and to continue to follow through because by the time that, <coughs> excuse me, by the time they have actually taken the course, there's already a bad habit that's been created and we can all do this. It's human nature. We, we see the bad habit. We understand it, but it takes a lot of support before we can change that bad habit. And I think that's what you're talking about here. And, this is where we, you know, and sometimes I'll tell you, Bill, you know, I get a little discouraged because of that. But on the other hand, whenever we help save a life because they got the information, you know, that's the one I remember. That's the one I'm here for. Those are the people that we're talking to. Yep. Yeah, it's, that's become much more important to me than uh, the money, uh, being able to share that information with people. And so, you know, as, as we were talking earlier, the clients that want to do the right thing will appreciate the fact that your technicians are certified to handle chemistry the right way. And then what you're doing, you're sending a message to, you know, the, the building management ownership and ultimately to the public that uses that facility that we understand we're providing and that's how we all get a safe atmosphere or environment. Yeah. I'm uh, I always enjoy working with the different organizations that I do. And I feel better when the management comes out and gets involved. It's been a little bit of a problem doing things virtually like we did because you can't get all those people onto the video that you're you're streaming, uh, so that they can be part of that. So we have to have a discussion afterwards. But uh, them being there and seeing it for themselves is a huge help. Well, we all had some challenges this last year, and I don't think they're over. I think we're still going to do that. I think one thing the industry has learned over the last years: there are different ways to do things than the the conventional way. They do have their own challenges, and uh, we here are trying to make adjustments as much as we can to help you with those challenges. Bill, anything else on your mind before we um, leave the podcast today? Um, no, I'm, when you talked about the next one on my schedule, I showed we have one coming up July 22nd. Is that well, actually, we don't have anybody that has signed up, and okay. as a result, at this late date, I have uh, rescheduled myself to do some other work. 
Okay. And uh, I apologize because I did that just before we got on the air. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, kind of as you say, you know, the customers that come to us and, and are demanding our time are going to get our time, right? Correct. That's all that's, true. Yeah, that's kind of the way it is. So, <laughs> folks, uh, you didn't get in on the Jul July class, so you missed out already. But the one in August is still on the schedule, and we'll schedule more for the rest of the year. Uh, but as we said, you can still get the online if, uh, if you're needing that education before August the 24th. Okay. All right, then I'm I'm good to go, and I really appreciate having the opportunity to share things with you, Dave, because we both have these same passions for things, and so I'm always always glad to be able to work with you on those. Well, I think it, it's uh, you know I, I really enjoyed putting the cl the course together and getting it out there, and now we've got it uh, available to the audience in in both ways. So. Um, We'll see how the rest of the year goes. Be safe uh -huh. out there, my friend. Yeah, you do the same. Thanks. Folks, if uh, you've uh, missed some of the, the part of the recording today, make sure that you go to www.academyofcleaning.com. You can find all of our classes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We've got hundreds of videos out there. Uh, and, and, hey, you know, they're informative. So if you like what you see, like you uh, like what you hear, and you need a class, then go ahead and sign up for a class. If you need it right now, uh, the online campus has got 53 courses now, ever-growing, putting more in all the time. And if you would like to talk with me or talk with any one of our speakers, we'd love to have you here on the podcast. Uh, we don't want to talk just to ourselves, so... Come on and join us. Uh, we're on Podbean Live like we are today. If it is healthy, positive, or proactive, we want to talk about it. So make sure you stay safe out there, folks. We'll talk to you again next time.